0: Every so often, however, I do a solo podcast around a topic that I think is quite important and can be presented uh, by myself uh, based on my own background and experiences. And uh, this is one of them. This is one of the weeks where I'm doing a solo podcast. And um, kind of think of the title as being Habit Change. Is it hard or easy to do? Well, I think what we're going to try to do is encourage you to recognize that, number one, it's something that we all have to do at times, either eliminate bad ones instill good ones, and that it's something that can be easy if we're doing it right. Now, I'm not choosing this title by accident, actually a year ago, as some of you undoubtedly recall, and some of you may have attended, uh, we had the global summit on habit change. I was one of the uh, originators of it, along with a colleague, Claudia Garbutt, who works in Germany. And we had three half days of speakers Dealing with a gamut of habit change topics. Really a terrific lineup, all kinds of information about habit changing. And um, we have the replays available at a very low price. So um, if you are interested in learning more about it, hearing the speakers in particular, you know, they, they've they been interviewed by us, they've presented uh, really a great, worthwhile thing to have with you. There will be a link in the show notes so that you'll be able to be taken directly to that and you can purchase the summit. But this podcast stands alone. Uh, what I'd like to do is summarize some of the really key things with respect to Habit Change to enable you to more effectively work on either getting rid of some bad habits or instilling some new ones and none of us is perfect enough that we uh, don't need to make one of those changes or certainly more of those changes getting rid of some bads instilling some good ones and probably a little bit of both First of all, I'd like to start out by saying that there are two major books on habit change. And if you're serious about it, I mean, these are are really great books. One is called Atomic Habits, and it is uh, written by James Clear, Atomic Habits. And the other is called Tiny Habits uh, by B.J. Fogg, F-O-G-G. Now, Uh, They both have somewhat similar approaches, even though they're also somewhat different, use different terminologies in some cases, different ways of instilling it. But if you read either or both of them, I think you'll really be well on your way to making great habit changes. Um, Both of them, incidentally, were New York Times bestseller. Um, which I have to point out, rejuvenating wasn't. So uh, a lot of people, a lot more people are uh, looking at habit change than maybe rejuvenating. What I'd like to do is not really uh, kind of regurgitate what they have in their books. I do encourage you to read one or both, and I think both of them are equally good. But I'd like to just point out a few key principles that when you wanna change a habit, that if you follow them, I think you're gonna be really um, really soundly able to make those changes. So the first thing that I think is very important that is that you own the habit change, own the habit change. In other words, are you changing it for yourself as opposed to your spouse, your parent, your child, your doctor, whoever it may be. Whether they're right or wrong, the point is, do you accept it and own it? If somebody else tells you to quit smoking, if somebody else tells you to go on a diet, that may be absolutely terrific advice, but it's not good advice until you own it, because then you're not doing it for yourself and some of the things that we encourage aren't likely to take place. So the important thing is to own the habit and be invested in it. Second thing, and I think that this is critically important, is that we want to be able to take small manageable steps. I think it's notable that, uh, Again, B.J. Fogg's book is called Tiny Habits, Subtitles, The Small Changes That Change Everything. Uh, James Clear's book, Atomic Habits, has right as a subtitle, Tiny Changes, Remarkable Results. Um, so, you know, the experts have determined that y- you your best bet when you wanna change habits is to make small incremental changes. Those small changes, let's say that you want to start an exercise program. Nothing is too small. Nothing is too small. Being able to walk around the block if you're not used to it, that's a good goal to shoot for. Being able to uh, use five-pound weights, three-pound weights, a few days you know you don't have to set the world on fire what you're trying to do is establish a routine establish a routine to make sure that your habits have a greater chance of succeeding than if you try to do too much and then fall short so again let's remember own the habit decide on small and I can't emphasize enough that nothing is too small if it's a movement in the right direction. You know, if you uh, decide that you're part of of a weight loss program is you're going to drink only water uh, with meals other than, you know, whatever you decide, whether it's a cup of coffee at breakfast, a glass of wine with dinner Whatever it is, if you're transitioning away from soda or whatever, again, you, know, you may want to start with a glass of water at one meal. Nothing is too small. I can't emphasize it enough. Next thing is that both Clear and Fog and I think anybody who trains people with uh, about habit change is the concept of habit stacking. In other words, tie a habit to one that you're already accomplishing. So, for example, you find that you uh, your bed may be unmade all day you may stack it with the habit of when I get out of bed, I'm going to make it right away. Or when I finish breakfast, or when I finish my shower, whatever it may be that stack it so that it follows the next one. When I take a shower, for example, uh, when I get to the end of the shower, I don't have to think too much about whether I wash my hair or not because I start from the top of my head and go all the way down. And I do that very consistently, as I think most people do. They have a consistent symptom system. Um, You know, it's not like, well, maybe today I'll start uh, washing my stomach. Then maybe I'll go up to my neck, then my head, then my feet. Maybe tomorrow I'll do the feet first, you know. I don't have to think about whether I get the hair done if I do that the first thing. I don't have to worry about whether I've uh, washed my shoulders if I'm working on my legs, because I know I wouldn't have gotten down there if I hadn't done my shoulders first. Um, In the evening, uh, before I go to bed, I floss before I brush my teeth. I never forget to brush my teeth because it always follows flossing. Uh, I know there, there's some controversies about, you know, whether you should weigh yourself every day or not. I do right after I get out of the shower in the morning. It's stacked that way. And it's the same kind of thing here. Once, uh, uh, you know, if if I take a snack, during the course of the day, I don't have to take a second one because I have stacked the habit of if, I'm go- if I allow myself uh, a piece of fruit or uh, a handful of nuts, say, as a snack, as soon as I get that into my hand, I put the container back in the cupboard and close the cupboard. Not nearly as tempting as if it's sitting out there. Uh, you know, so stacking habits is a great thing to do. And if you, uh, y- you can do it for both breaking habits and for instilling new ones. For example, if your habit is, I'm going to go for a walk as every day as soon as I get home, then... You have your walking shoes, sneakers or whatever they may be, right where you change clothes when you get home. If you're going to go running first thing in the morning, have those shoes right near the bed. You know, so the habit becomes when I get out of bed, I change into my running clothes, including my shoes. Becomes very inconvenient to put your sneakers on if you're only using them for walking or running and you decide not to do it. There um, is another thing that I think is equally important. Maybe not equally important. I like habit stacking. But I like to have you build in a celebration when you do it. This comes from B.J. Fogg, who who makes this as as a real uh, part of his system. And I think a celebration doesn't have to be anything more than if I put on my sneakers, tie them up, and just pump my fist and yell, yes, that may be it. Uh, You know, a celebration is okay, I've exercised, now I get to just relax for five minutes, not do anything, zone out, meditate, uh, you know, whatever it may be, have some form of relaxation. And I take it one step further. And that's the fact that um, I think you have a lot better chance of maintaining a habit if you actually track it give yourself a gold star for every day that you do it or a check mark or whatever it may be. It's motivating to have those marks add up. Now, I know people are going to listen to this and say, you know, what you're doing is really rewarding mediocrity. This is kind of Mickey Mouse kinds of stuff. It's not anything that that's a a great deal. Well, the fact is you are a beginner when you're changing a habit and ask any primary school teacher, you know, do rewards, do gold stars, do getting your name called, does being able to jump up and shout and yell and pump your fist, does that help? Definitely Is rewarding and rewarding is one of the aspects of learning theory. So remember, when you're changing a habit, you're a beginner for that habit. Treat yourself the way that we know the beginners learn. And there are uh well, there's a lot of thinking that says that if you do a habit for 21 days, for 28 days, you'll never revert. Um, There's a lot of research also that says for some people it may be 60 some days, or whatever it may be. The point is, you don't start out with the assumption, okay, I'm doing this for 21 days, and then I won't have to think about it. There will be some point when you won't have to think about it, but you don't know that in advance, and you don't know when that's going to be in advance. What you I can tell you and what you will know is that if you own the change, at some point, the fact that you've changed has been so rewarding that it will maintain itself. And a lot of times it's going to maintain itself uh, just because of some natural consequence. If you eat healthier, all you can really control is how you eat. If you don't eat between meals, uh, if you uh, restrict your eating between uh, so, so that you're not eating between dinner and breakfast, as I do, um, at some point, the scale tells you that you're doing well. But until then, make sure that whatever habit that you're changing, that you own it, that you take small steps, that you stack the habit so that you are uh, avoiding or encouraging its use after another one. When I say avoiding, again, if you make your bed after you get out of bed, you're avoiding looking at... Uh, an unmade bed and wondering, you know, I still don't feel like doing it I'll Maybe I'll get around to it. If you um, are avoiding uh, washing the dishes, if you stack that habit right after you eat, you gonna know, load the dishwasher, do the, whatever it may be. If there's a specific time for taking out the trash, you get it taken out then. So, whatever you're doing, you know, find a way of stacking that habit to something else and then celebrate it, track it, and ultimately it the, the name changes from being a habit to being a behavior. Good luck on that. And again, I encourage you uh, to get more information on it. Get either the the James Clare book, Atomic Habits, or the B.J. Fogg book, Tiny Habits, or get both of them. And I'll put in another plug for our global summit that took place in January of 2023. And celebrating the anniversary of it now, I encourage you to click the link and you can get all the replays from that summit. On that note, it's Dr. Ron Kaiser signing off. I hope that you learned something today. If you did, then tell your friends about it. Download the podcast, rate it, review it, and be back next week when our podcast will feature a guest. Till then, stay positive and stay safe. We'll see you next time.